This week on the Lords of Grantham podcast, we break down Poldark Season 5 in its entirety. What did we like? What did we dislike? And how did the characters shake out in the power rankings? So tune in. It's something unpredictable, but in the end is right. I hope you had the time of your life. And we are back once again in one of many breakdowns of Poldark. This week we're breaking down the last season, season five. But how you doing, Corey? I'm doing just fine. How about you, Dave? I'm great. Did you have a good Easter? It was it was okay, you know. Uh, went to the Olive Garden. <laughs> oh wow! It, when you're there, your family—that's right. Keeping it, you know, not fancy, but you know, mid-level. <laughs> um, hey, hey, all those breadsticks. Yeah, you you know, got got a carbo load over here. You know, running a lot. How about you, mm-hmm. Dave? The same, you know, family stuff. You went to Olive Garden also? No, I did not. Well, I was with family, so I didn't need to go somewhere to be family. Well, you, you could have joined ours because when you're there, you're family, as I say. I know exactly. Yeah, that's where Dom Toretto met uh, Brian O'Connor was at the Olive Garden. That's how it all started. Yeah. Well, that's good. I, yeah. I, I wish there was more news out there to to update people on. Uh, Michelle Dockery. What about this this caps. big news? This big drama. What what drama? This thing for the crown. Um, oh, but that's not real actual drama. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's something. It was in the news. I saw the headlines. So for people that don't know, uh, Gillian Anderson, there was some drama Gillian. about her. It's, is it, oh, it's Gillian. The one from Community is Gillian, but she's yeah. spelled the same way. Um, Gillian Anderson was rumored to be like refusing to come back on to play Thatcher. Mm-hmm. And turns out it was uh, just a red herring. She was like, that's not true. Yeah, they were saying that they needed re- approval for her to come back as uh, Thatcher. Uh, and yeah, that's what she said was, uh, in her words, a load of bollocks. Uh, even though Gillian Anderson is not British, but she might as well be at this point. Yeah. Maybe she just didn't want to hang out with her ex-husband. Yeah, I think that only picked up traction because she responded to it, not because it's actual like <laughs> news item. I mean, I think and the, the headline was like, major actor on the crown refuses to participate i was like oh who is this <laughs> and it's thatcher she's irrelevant she's One she's not only. i guess uh, what's his name came back um churchill he did but that was like you know they had footage that they could reuse with him in it. but it was with coleman yeah i, I, I don't know man <laughs> We'll talk about the crown at another time. I'm not even thinking about the crown right now. Yeah, I wasn't until that that story came up. <laughs> it's like this is a people are talking about this. Yeah, just let it so, be. But but we're here to talk about Poldark. Well, one other thing. Uh, I, mean, I did say okay. I did say Michelle Dockery. She's gonna be in a Tom Hanks movie. I, I saw that like reported widely, and it's like okay, well, I'm la- glad she's getting work. Uh, but. Uh, on Top Chef, the TV show Top Chef, they are going to High Clear Castle to cook. So, okay, we may be talking about that on a future episode, just because we have to talk everything related to High Clear and Down. Yeah, I say yeah. I, once the dust settles on Poldark, or maybe I know you're going away. If we want to kill some time, get a quick episode in before we can do that. I've never Top Chef isn't the secret ingredient one, right? That's chopped. 
I think that's Chopped. I've never actually watched Top Chef, even though I know people love it. Yeah, neither have I. But uh, I'm but sure like we'll catch on. We're here to talk about Pole Dark Season 5. Yes. Now, before any of our listeners might get a little perturbed with us, today we are strictly talking Season 5. When we talked Seasons 1, 2, 3, and 4, we talked about the show cumulatively. But mm-hmm. considering we have the whole show to look back on and reflect on, yeah. we're giving that its own episode. We're going to break down the final power rankings like we did with Downton Abbey. So we won't be discussing how this shapes up necessarily i mean we, we might rank the seasons when we're done but we're not going to mm-hmm. say ross's entire arc from the pilot all the way to here we're not going to talk about that we're just going to talk about ross before he was a secret agent to when he was a secret agent yeah these eight episodes yes so dave season five was it good or not let's just start off the top i think you know we're talking about ranking i think it's the worst season of the show I would agree. And I think a lot of people say this is when they go off the rails from what the books are. Mm-hmm. And I think you see the same thing in Game of Thrones when they lose track of the narrative and you just leave it to these TV writers. It's not always good. No. I The, the biggest knock against the season is just that it feels different. The, the drama isn't rooted in, you know, we always joke about it, but it's a show about miners and mines. A lot of it doesn't take place remotely tied to the mines, but on top of that it's less about George and Ross but more so Ross helping out a friend and his uh, entanglement with these two other uh, political figures and it, you just spend a lot of time during the season wondering why, why are we doing this <laughs> why what is going on here mm-hmm. uh, it just it feels like a side story yeah yeah that makes sense and I feel like and we'll get down to more of the characters specifically uh, I, th- I think, because I was listening to our breakdown of season four this afternoon just to see how we paced that one and talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, we discussed, and also in discussing The Crown, we said that one of our frustrations with this most recent season of The Crown was the fact that Elizabeth and Philip have been telling the same story for three seasons. Or, yeah. you know, these two are not compatible, and despite their incompatibility, they make it work and they're loyal to each other. But are they perfect for each other? And I feel like with Ross and and Demelza, we've been dealing with a more uh, a different story that we've been telling about trust and communication for three or four seasons. For the whole show, it feels like mm-hmm. once Demelza settles in, it just feels like we lock into that, and that's it. Yeah. And and part of it is just that where they left things at the end of last season. I, they did have some loose ends with Morwenna and uh, Drake, and then also the sudden death of, of Elizabeth. But in terms of Ross and Demelza, they had kind of sorted through all their damage. They, they were pretty happy where, where we left them. And since, since they're mm-hmm. the two centri- central figures of this story, we don't see much further development in terms of their relationship this season. If you want to but track they also, that... It, it, they don't get a honeymoon season. If you want to say, okay, well, they're they're... You know, one A and one B. Yeah. Let's just let them be the the puppet masters this season while everything is going well for them. That's not the case at all. They're still kind of bickering and right. communicating and, poorly. And and that's a majority of the the plot line for them is just everyone trying to rein in Ross a little bit from Dwight uh, to like even like you know Wickham yeah, or whenever like some other side character would show up be like Ross, what are you doing, man? Come come back to Earth. 
uh, come back to Cornwall. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. He would just kind of keep going off on these, you know, side missions to help out Ned. And, and so, in terms of Demel's and Ross, we're seeing the relationship play out how I guess it would if there wasn't any drama going on with George. But at the same time, it just turns into like, what, what are we doing here? We're kind of spinning our wheels in, in some ways. Yeah, and one of the last beats between Ross and George in the finale is Demelza telling him, you know, kind of nodding about the paternity of Valentine. Mm-hmm. There's a sort of, here, you know, let it go, Ross. Whereas, you know, I feel like there shouldn't be some sort of tension in that issue at this point between them and in this part of the story. Right, because we already had that big blow-off at the end of last season where it's revealed to George that he may not be the father of Valentine. He uh-huh. reckons with it. It results in Elizabeth's, you know, passing his, his frustration and everything. And there's stuff to mind there with George, which they, which they do this season. But in terms of how Ross figures into it, it's just like, Hey there, little buddy. <laughs> Good to see you. Yeah. And, yeah. And that's it. Even to the point where Dwight sees the medication that has caused Elizabeth to die at the end of last season. Mm-hmm. And, it's kind of his, um, you know, smoking gun that he can pull at any time. You know, his plot device that he can we can complicate the story with, and he can always just lay this on Ross. And now Ross has an emotional burden to deal with. Right. And he gets right to the doorstep of doing that. And the last, he says, Ross, like you're the cause of all these problems. You need to cool down. But he never says. You've basically forced Elizabeth to kill herself. I don't think he forced her to. He is more so he kind of contributed to. He put her in that situation. Many factors that put her in a, a, a poor mental state. Uh, yeah, she killed herself because of your action, partially because of your actions. Right, and well, she, she unknowingly killed herself. Let's not be yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. But she knew the risk. Yes and no. I think I think she was kind of do- lost. The doctor said this might kill you. And she we'll, did it. We'll relitigate that next week. But yeah. either way, she she was gone, and they didn't do much with it in terms of how it affected Ross. And mm-hmm. to that point, Ross was so busy with Ned uh, that it was just like, oh, why? why? What, what are we learning? What, what mm-hmm. did we learn about Ross this season that we didn't already know? <coughs> Sorry. That he's, yeah, he's reckless. He's the, he's the same Ross. You he's know? the same Ross. doesn't matter if he's domesticated or not. Um, and it, it even ends up worse by the end of the season where he's out on a mission leaving his pregnant wife at home. So it really kind of almost regresses Ross a little bit that he's not maturing from what we've seen, you mm-hmm. know, even when he was in the political atmosphere and stuff where he was kind of having some responsibilities and, and owning it. Here he's just like, you know what? I'm just a man of action. I'm going to keep doing that. Sorry, Demelza. Sorry I had to yeah, lie I, to you for multiple months. <laughs> I was the hero of the story and I saved us from a French invasion and by the way I'm going out and I'm gonna help the government more yeah like it really does not seem like a season finale or a series finale no which is makes it all the more clear why people keep asking when is it coming back or will it come back or anything like that I mean I would be open I would love it for it to come back right but it doesn't sound like they have any plans in the near term to actually do that um well I think that that's Ross side of things. Demelza too. She was given at least some interesting stuff with. Well, I don't even want to say interesting, but she was given something to do with Tess because you you see 
we already saw it when Ross was doing his political like stumping that she kind of run the operations back home. But now she has this issue of this test character who's kind of just a, I don't know, an upstart who likes to wants to, I don't know, create some change that helps. Yeah, some some little anarchist of sorts, just sort of destroy what works here. Yeah, and maybe help some poorer people, but really it's just kind of upsetting these people who have it so well off. And mm-hmm. that's all well and good, but it kind of goes nowhere. Like, like Demelza takes her in. She almost burns down their house, uh, is caught up in helping to steal Orin. She, you know, she just is bad at her job, so she lets her go. And then she just continues to be a thorn in, in, in their side. But it doesn't really add up to much for, for Demel. Uh-huh. Maybe she's yeah, a little exactly. bit more upset at Ross when she finds out that he may have been with her uh, in, in the finale. But at the same time, it could have been any woman, and she probably would have been just as justified in terms of being upset. Yeah, it could have been a French woman. Yeah, and she doesn't... There's no moment in that last episode where she's like, Tess of all people, Ross, you know how much yeah. I hate her. You hate her, too. Mm-hmm. It's, it is. It feels very hollow, and... and unfair for Demelza like the character they all they constantly refer to as the skullduggery maid you want to see her really triumph at the end of the show and she seems to be put in like housewife mode at the end of the show that's not to say there aren't bright moments for her I I would say like she's very good in terms of encouraging the Karn boys and pursuing you know their significant others and you know finding happiness and and, and Uh she, she is good at holding down the, the fort with Zaki and toe and stuff and investigating what's going on with the, the ore and stuff like that. The so ore, yeah. she's very much her own woman of action. And, and so it's, it's more so in her relationship with Ross, where I think the show kind of fails her a little bit and giving her an even playing ground or, or something new to, to investigate with that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I mean. Obviously she's given stuff to do and she's, but she's, you know, she's the anchor of the show. She's the sort of the surrogate for us, the sort of person roped into this world yeah. Who then succeeds and becomes the one of the leaders of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's them. That's that's the pole dark couple. I mean, it's unfortunate what, that we have we can get them out of the way so easily in the beginning. But. Yeah. And it sounds like we're 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 really down the season. Why don't we jump to something we did like about the season, Dave? What is something you did like about the season? Uh. What did I like about this season? I like Drake and Morwenna's having a... As I say this, I realize there's still like plot holes in their story that don't get all the way resolved. But I mm-hmm. do like how it works for Drake and Morwenna. And that Morwenna finds something to do with the school. Yeah. She kind of helps Rosina come back into the fold. And despite all of the Tess meddling, which also gets dropped like a sack of potatoes, Tess trying to get with Sam just to throw a monkey wrench into poor rosina's life who by the way tess's best friend and co-worker and co-conspirator is rosina's father so she's Jacka. actively screw she's actively screwing with her friend's daughter just to screw with with sam who's yep. a preacher he's not well off and but, yeah. but i did like i like drake and Morwenna have the high emotional beats of the season i think I will say I like the Drake and Morona stuff. It was, it was predictable is the only thing for me. Like, we knew we were going to get there. But I, the one thing I did really like about their, their story this year, we made fun of it, was her creeping on the little child, on her on her son. <laughs> her, her peeping. That's, that's kind of a plot hole of the season is that once she's pregnant with 
Drake's kid, mm-hmm. John Conan seems to go to the back of her head. And I mean, obviously she needs some sort of therapist. And as we've talked about in the past, Poldark does a thing where like you cope with some crippling issue in a week and then you've moved on like PTSD yeah. for Armitage and Dwight. So, yeah, but that was, I mean, it was entertaining to watch her, this poor little meek woman, trespass to talk to a toddler. It was fun, though. It was fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm glad we got to go on that ride. It was a little soapy. That, that's the thing. I, I, it doesn't feel as much as there's like some, you know, that interpersonal soap opera stuff going on. I mean, you got stabs that with Sam and Rosina and stuff, but uh, Tess as a third party to that wasn't developed enough for me to really invest in any drama there um yeah she was so clearly that kind of one uh, note monkey wrench getting thrown into the engine yeah uh i'll say the one thing i think that worked the best on this season i I, front to back is still george uh he had an actual arc uh he it wasn't the considering who he is to the show it wasn't the mm-hmm. most logical and satisfying arc, but it was indeed an arc. Sure, I, I mean, yeah, it was it was a bit broad, <laughs> a bit, a bit uh-huh. silly, but I'm here for some of the silliness. I mean, when a show where you have Ross punching a man in the face every other episode, why not have a man see ghosts every couple episodes <laughs> and talk and to himself? And then get you know almost thrown into an asylum and then get cured yeah. again. Like we talk about one episode with Dwight and he's back to normal. Yep. But George is still haunted even by the end of the, uh, the this show. Like even when, when he's theoretically cured, there's a moment where he's like talking to himself, and Uncle Carrie asks him, "What are you talking about, huh?" <laughs> oh, oh, nothing. And then he sees Elizabeth's ghost walking into Truro yeah. right at the end of the show. That's like his last moment in the show. Yeah, but what you see is him kind of coming into his own, and it kind of follows through on where he was before. Where like last season, when he had kind of turned on Elizabeth, he was also giving up some of his duties as a parent in, in some ways because he was resenting uh-huh. her and, and Valentine. So you see him... And Ursula. Well, Ursula didn't come until the very end. Yeah, but you see him kind of reclaiming that once he kind of comes to his senses. Like, this kid is a, a annoying and he's taking on after Ross too much, but it is still his son and he's still trying to, you know, entertain yeah. him by giving him a mind and stuff like that in his own way. And he does kind of end the show... Which is unfortunate to make Valentine a prop more than a character, but when he's like, don't talk to my son, don't talk to my son anymore. Please. And also, the show actually, I think it does a good job of juxtaposing him with like true bad people. We've seen George do some really bad stuff on the show. I think this is the season that gives him his ethical code that that he abides by. Right. He's, He's very much, I think codified by his status what you know what he has within his purview that he owns and he's not willing i think to kind of you know betray uh people to get to get more i mean he, you uh-huh. do see him going along with hansen and merceron but he's also kind of checked out when they're saying like slavery and he's like yeah <laughs> and he's he's riding for it but he, he's definitely not all there and that's not to absolve him entirely he's also about to marry a girl just to spite his uh son-in-law his son-in-law <laughs> and, and keep something going his stepson his stepson right right um that's still a son-in-law isn't it a stepson well yeah yeah uh 
but I think he also realizes too, like, yeah, I don't need to do this. I'm not ready. To, I'm not ready, ready to marry. He even tells Uncle Carrie in confidence. You know, it's all it's all kind of part of his transactions, and that's really what you see with George. Is at the end of the day, he's a transactional man, and uh-huh. it has to make sense to him. And you know what? Ross has just run him astray too many times. He's he that's that's what's kind of pushed him along this whole time. He's he's done with it. So. Yeah, I mean that's kind of how his arc. Unlike Ross, who kind of stays the same, mm-hmm. George kind of goes through this journey of mental illness and being manipulated by these two more evil people and just yeah. kind of landing on his feet where he ended or where he like started season four, where he's still kind of a money hungry guy who loves the things that he loves, but he now has a bit like a nidge, you know, a notch more, you know, decision making skills and code of ethics. Yeah, it's it's he's not as self-serving as he was before because he realizes there that there's consequences for what he does, which was Elizabeth essentially. Uh, yeah, which Ross, <laughs> ironically, doesn't seem to learn. But it's enough because, like, you know, when they have a drink at the end of the series, there, I think that's more because George met him halfway, saved his butt by killing those the you know uh, the French guy and shooting the, the other French guy away. It's more so because George meets him halfway, not because Ross does anything to kind of meet <laughs> where George is at. Because as much as George, uh-huh. Ross says, like, come on, George, let's be friends, you're still coveting the dude's wife all the time. So come on. <laughs> come on, Ross. Yeah. And R- Ross is always, this goes back to their childhood relationship. Yeah. Ross was always putting toads in his his pants. Yeah. Ross always has the upper hand. We see it in the, the, the premiere of season four, the, se- the flashback scene with Francis Ross and George. And Elizabeth, mm-hmm. where they're like, well, Ross is the one who's got her heart. And, you, yeah. and and Francis is kind of like a klutz, and George is kind of the Joker, kind of just like, I just want to, you know, cause some chaos right now. And yeah, and, and this plays through, you know, the, the relationship is what it is. And I feel like as they part ways, they're like, it is what it is. Yeah. And also... It's it's also George being willing to turn a page where he's going to close trend with he's going to move elsewhere, and Ross isn't so much just turning a page as he's like I'm just going to keep doing <laughs> doing me. Yeah, well, I, right. I think George could have the baby face turn and say, "I'm giving my house to Jeffrey Charles." Yeah, it's going to happen. I'm going to leave your mind alone, and I'm going to get out of town, and I'm done with this place. But he can't, you know, he can't be the good guy, which is I yep. think. Another reason why people want to see another season of this show is because it doesn't tie everything up nicely. It just ties everything up. Yeah. It just well, many things. Down. It doesn't tie up Ross. It sends Ross away. Well, Jeffrey Charles, too. Well, why don't we talk about him? His whole season is him too, yeah, his... falling for this girl, Cicely, the, the daughter of uh, one of these uh, entrepreneurs. Dad, uh, Ralph Hansen. Yeah, bad man. And ultimately, it leads to him getting expelled from the military he doesn't end up marrying this girl, and he's single by the end of the season, and he's still alone, and he's... Yeah, Which is uh, a lot of wasted time, all things considered. Yeah. And he's like Especially Dr. considering Koo. you he, recast he keeps, him, you exactly. make him an older he character. every season. <laughs> and this guy is just... He's a bad version. Like Sometimes there's some bad doctors in Doctor Who. This is a bad version of Jeffrey Charles. Yeah. This is the this is the worst Jeffrey Charles for sure because we were complaining about last Jeffrey Charles, mm-hmm. 
who was just like a doofy frat boy. Yeah. This Jeffrey Charles is like a dope, just like a dumb adult who hasn't learned anything. Right. And, and, and that's where there's the discord. I think you're getting it a little bit. It's like the last one was like a frat boy. This one seems like a prep boy <laughs> who hasn't learned anything. Yeah. He's a little bit more yeah. preppy. Uh, so it's not the same as the Jeffrey But he's, he's also like negligible in age. He's not like, well, this guy looks like he's like six or seven years older. No. You could have had this other last Jeffrey Charles grow put a fake beard on him, a little dust on his face, and he would look 22 or 23. He looks as old as Francis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. But that's what they do with GC this year. Not doesn't add yeah, up to not, much. It's, it's just not an, worth. It's not even worth discussing. It's so no, upsetting it's to the point. In the last episode, when it's like, "Well, Jeffrey Charles, your first love is not your last love." It's like, what? This is a TV show. His first love should be like, you know, if we're operating by soap opera rules, then he should just be able to, you know, she should walk around the corner when they say, yeah. you know, your your first love is is you know not the best and then she say well i'm here and he oh but no you know like this show does not care this scene does not care about resolving things nicely look i, I know they got to follow the books and, and do what happens there but in some ways i kind of wish jeffrey charles died when he did so it would just be another thing to drive home to ross at like hey this thing you're involved in was trying to help him run away and be with this girl you indirectly led to this guy's kid's death you know like just uh-huh. another way to drive home like yeah where he has effectively everyone. Uh, not single-handedly, but he has had a hand in this entire branch of his own family dying. Exactly. Where he can't save Francis when Francis falls in the water. He forces Elizabeth to, or, you know, he unwillingly forces Elizabeth to take this medication that winds up killing her. And he's so reckless that he lets Jeffrey Charles do this wild thing that winds up causing him his life. Yep. That would be that would be interesting. But I don't think the show knows how to ha- give Ross an emotional beat. Yeah. And if you want to tilt this conversation towards our three new characters or you know how four new characters um ned ralph merceron wickham that whole drama of it all mm-hmm. what uh ned has that comment when they're trying to break him out of prison where he's like ross enough is enough you have responsibilities you have a life we're not going to keep putting this on the line just for the the moral victory enough is yeah. enough and ross is like what are you talking about man like, did Ross not learn from that? Ned got hung. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like he immediately forgets about, like, what went wrong there, and he throws himself into more trouble. But also, it's exactly. par- partially because he got, gets caught by a Frenchman randomly down by the beach because he thinks he's snooping on who has ore. Uh, so random. Um, but the, the Ned yeah. character, it's it's interesting because <laughs> really what he, all he does is show, you thought Ross was crazy. You don't know crazy until you met Ned Despard. This guy is wiling out. <laughs> but Ned has that moment of growth where he's like, stop. We got to stop being crazy. But watch me jump over this chasm right here. Look at this. <laughs> like, I know I know, I jumped over the chasm last week, but I'm not climbing through the sewers. This ain't Shawshank. I'm yeah. not doing this. Which, I mean, he could have so got away clean. It, it would have been so easy. Like, well, come on, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but... Yeah, I mean, Ned was an interesting, lively character, but I think it was too much of a distraction from the central characters that it just, I don't think it was ultimately worth it. I think Ned falls into the category along with Thali and to a lesser extent Judd of sort of flawed father figures for Ross. 
And I think it, we could have done this with Dolly. Mm. Because it would have it would have had more resonance. Like, like I don't know if they maybe struggled to get those actors back. They could have just recast the role. Like it would have been that they did. They recast Jeffrey Charles every season. Just or, recast or those. you could have just said Tholly's brother. Like, yeah. Or you just tie it to the story without making it like oh this real life person mm-hmm. who was really hung and decapitated. Yeah. Not like you just make it like you know we already know Tholly's got a daughter. Mm-hmm. Why not give him a brother or a son or something that that puts Ross in the same or uh, have like Dwight get put in this sort of situation as his as platoon member or something like that? Yeah, just just something to, to tie it close to home without doing all this legwork to introduce this person and really establish that they're boys and they're friends and, and stuff like that. Or just bring uh, back Ross's dad. We don't like. I'm sure they've told us about Ross's yeah. father, but like, do go crazy if you're leaving the book. We always say it with the crown. Say goodbye. You know, if you're allowed to go crazy, go crazy. Or bring back, you know, that one guy they had to search for who knew about the other mine that they did find. The one who who tried to kill Dwight. Yeah, bring him back. Yeah. Didn't they do that already? <laughs> well, yeah, they, because they had to track him down to find, uh, find out about the other mine, but he's out there. I, don't, I think I'm good on that character. Okay, all right. Um, but yeah, Mer- I mean, I think they did a good job at least with like positioning Merceron and Hanson as like these bad boys that do mean business. They're very good yeah. at showing evil on the show. Uh, they're like caricatures. Yeah, they're all they're you always know, like, twisting their mustache, their imaginary mustache. They could have just given them a literal mustache too. Could have. Would have made the show have. a little bit more <laughs> dynamic visually. They all look the same. I think. I mean, I think that covers the broad strokes of the season. I guess we haven't talked about Dwight and uh, Caroline yet. That that's the last of the big pieces. That's and and that's another silly one where Caroline spends the whole season thinking Dwight's got the hots for Kitty. That I don't believe that. I think that's that's literally something that came up in the last two episodes, if that. Like, and it was all rooted in her feeling like she wasn't getting enough attention. The the Kitty. He did not show any hots for Kitty at all during the season. Yeah. And why would you? Because clearly Ned would, like, murder someone for her. Oh, so yeah. why would you hit on her? Yeah, and he's not doing that. That'd be like hitting on your aunt. Like, why would you do that? But Dwight continues to get uh, a, high, a high work rate on the show, though. Them bringing him in to kind of help George come back to us. Great, great application uh-huh. of uh, Dwight. Dwight, had, uh, Dwight is a great utility player in this show. You can plug him in anywhere and he works. Mm-hmm. He helps Ross break into the prison to get get um, Ned out. Yeah, and then he's also on the stand saying that the guy who tried to assassinate the king is crazy, and mm-hmm. then he has the guilt trip of sending that guy to the insane asylum. Like Dwight really is the ultimate moving movable piece of this chessboard. You that can is put him in art. a basement where he has to poop for an hour or two by himself, and it still like works. Yeah, yeah we're here for that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Caroline did have some good moments towards the end of the season where she kind of fi- figured out what was going on uh, with George. In her so, own head? Oh, well, yeah. with George. Yeah, so Dwight could, you know, or so she could, you know, leverage that to leave, be left alone and stuff. And she was, in, she was feet on the ground in London when they needed to spread out literature and, and yeah. they, Dwight and Caroline assisted in the finding of that evidence they were planting in, under Ross's mattress. 
it was just enough with her. It's, it's it took yeah. a while to get there, but it was just enough with her. And I think um, I think it hit the ending we all knew it was going to hit, where she basically says, "I'd never appropriately mourn the loss of our infant." Yeah. And now I I have thought about it, and I regret putting you through this emotionally. So, let's move forward. I, I and I the ending too doesn't feel resolved where it's like oh yeah Dwight's gonna go join uh, Ross to help out and they don't make, really make a big point of that <laughs> uh, especially considering yeah, especially because well she's like I want to get pregnant again and I want to have a family yeah it would be one thing if she's like I think I'm pregnant and I'm gonna have a baby and then Demel's is like well good we can be you know deadbeat mothers or, or mothers with deadbeat fathers together mm. while our husbands risk their lives for the the crown I would I, w- I would watch them supporting each other. Uh, I, I'd, I'd watch that. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I think that kind of wraps up all the major characters, right? I mean, Uncle Carrie is the last piece who's. Uh, I did like him stepping up this season, where he he was definitely used a little bit more in place of George speaking for himself, and to good comedic effect, where he's kind of like, "Oh no, I can't do that." <laughs> he's kind of the the stiff. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Agatha, he's George's on Agatha by this point, where he's just kind of comic relief. Yeah, fun guy, fun guy to have around. Yeah. So, do you want to get into these power rankings of the Let's whole do season? It. Let's go. Now, I will say this is the most unusual of all uh, of our of all of our singular seasons so far. So, okay. Uh, for those that might be new to this, I don't know if if you are. I'm glad you're here this time. We've done this uh, four four times before with Poldark. We tally the power rankings that we have put at the end of every episode into a spreadsheet. Corey's combined with mine. And then we re- we add them up with a numeric value. And we see who, according to the, the, the numbers, the data, had the best and worst season. So we'll start at the bottom. In third place... Negative six, which means this person has been voted down in the negative power rankings enough time to have negative six points. Who do you think it is, Corey? Uh, I think George had a rough season. Okay. Uh, no, no, it's not George. Okay. One more guess. Um, is it Hanson? Close. It's Merceron. Okay, because I think Hanson has a few more up weeks. Yeah, where his where he gets his way. Where Merceron is like a secondary character who just gets dumped on in those last few episodes, which is really all you need to. So, yeah, couple bad weeks. Attracts. I mean, Merceron I think peaks when they reveal that he was uh, was Wickham's brother. It's like you didn't know this the whole time. (laughs) That that was I had to rewind that. Like what? Huh? <laughs> you don't even look alike. But Wickham's never revealed to be like a bad guy. Ross still no, he's just talks to him job. at the end of the show. All right, jumping up, jumping down from negative six to negative eight, second place. Who do you think it is? Uh, I, I feel like more what I got a lot of L's early in the season. No. Tess? Wrong. It is Tess. It is indeed Tess. It is Tess, okay. Because I think that she never... Whenever things were going well for her, they were never going really well. They were just sort of baseline. They were just sort of even. Yeah. Yeah, she just kind of is involved in all these operations that fail, except for the one time she helps Hanson out. 
And even then, they never really follow up on that or anything. It was just like a one-time deal. And that's like Jacka just as much as her. Yeah. We don't care about Jacka. No, they barely have Jacka show up. Which leaves us to the worst performing person this season. Negative 15. Big jump from negative 8. Oh, man. I don't even... I mean, George again? Is that... If it's not... It's George. It is George. I think we forget that he spends the bulk of the season... In a Seeing a ghost... And being played around by Mercer on and Hanson. That's fair. <laughs> he, he is really, really uh, tripping out this season. But I don't think I was as negative on, on him as some other characters. No, I, think. I was I was way more negative about George okay. than you. I yeah, think I most was... of the episodes that he had an active plot, he always ranked the lowest because he's just, he's getting leeches put on his back. And I think even yeah, at the was, end when you had him well. ranked, ranked high high for shooting the french guy i mean that was the I, best i didn't have him all the way because i thought he still got a lot of this guy went from his, having a, a leech uh, a leech leeching off him all over to mm-hmm. yeah blowing some guys away so kudos to george well yeah that's the negative now the positives are very interesting okay so we'll start in third place positive five points drake Karn. No, but not far off. Sam Karn? No, it's Morwenna Karn. Oh, okay. Well, I guess she really doesn't have any terrible weeks, you know? Well, she, she, her chasing around a child. but She's having fun. <laughs> it's all in good fun. Uh, but yeah, she does uh, She does have a child, and they're happy, uh, happily ever after, so on the, by that merit, good for her. Yeah. Pretty straightforward. Yeah. Good little redemption season for her, considering she was just basically dragged through the mud all last season by Whitworth. Yeah. I will say, though, on that note, though, of, like, good for her that she's pregnant, the, the show does a weird thing with the season where it's, like, the only happy endings they can think up for these women are either getting pregnant or trying to get pregnant. And it's like, do you really think that's the only way that women could have happiness back there, <laughs> writers? Could, could you be a little bit more creative? Uh, yeah, like, you could easily have... have uh, like Caroline or one of these other characters that are in the city or, or Cecily say like, I just want to be a, a, a debutante or, you know, a rich yeah. person's daughter in the city and, and a socialite. I mean, on, on some level, them starting the school itself and having being a success is a W enough. So it's a little bit reductive to say, well, she needs to get pregnant to be really, really happy. It's like, oh, yeah, God. absolutely. I yeah. agree completely. Okay, okay. So going up to second place with positive seven points. Who do you got? Uh, Dwight. Nope. Uncle Kerry. Dwight had. Who'd you say? Uncle Kerry. Uncle Kerry. No, I was going to say as you said, Dwight. Dwight. Dwight was right below Morwenna with positive four. It's okay. Caroline. I mean, I guess. She's she's a, an ultimate assist in this season. Like we said it with her and Dwight helping people, and then. Her yeah. kind of finding herself at the end. She doesn't do a whole lot, but I guess she does enough that's good. She never winds up in the red. Right. Yeah, it just works out well enough for her. All right, so this is this is insane. I mean, it, it, it's got to be Demelza. She always wins. It's a three-way tie for first really? place. Positive 10 points for all three okay. characters. Uh, well, Demelza's definitely one of them. Yep. I think your your chariot your chariot charity to Ross probably elevated him up there. 
Yep. Uh, and Sam Karn? <laughs> Drake Karn. Is it those three? It's those three. Ross. Sam had positive three. Okay. Wait, that's all it need- you needed to be at the top was a three? No, no, no. Sam, Sam had positive three. Drake oh, okay. had positive ten. Oh, so it's Drake Karn. So it's Drake Ross. Drake Demelza. Ross Demelza tied at first place. Wow. I mean, Drake was really supportive. He definitely was this year. And you talk about a guy who got dunked on. This is a guy who got his shop burned down like twice. Yeah. He's been put through it, and he comes out on top, and he's a supportive husband. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, he gets laid. And then he gets his wife pregnant. That's all he needed. I mean, to be totally clear, though, for me, Ross netted out to just one point. So it's, it's yeah, not... and he netted out to positive nine for me. Jeez, Louise, you weren't you weren't grilling him as much as you should have this year. I was, uh, yeah, I guess not. Drake, uh-huh. we both kind of had him in a good spot. And yep. Demelza, we both had him her even. Yeah, I just had a couple weeks where Demelza did good because Demelza was kind of in the gray area all year where she wasn't the best, but it wasn't the worst, so it was just fine. And then she had some good weeks. Um, but I think, honestly, she she runs away with the show either way, so it makes sense that she's up there. Yeah. So that's season five. That's season five, and I think we should probably zip our lips about going forward into the rest of the show because we're going to talk about it at length next week. We'll rank the seasons next time. Yeah, and I think we did, you know, I think it's been a long time because only once in the history of the show have we gotten to cumulatively discuss power rankings of the whole show. So we might do a top, I think, I will tell you off the top from my spreadsheet that there were, between the two of us, where is it, why did I scroll so far down? There's like 75 characters that we've put on our power rankings. Sounds about right. So I think not quite as dense, or, you know, dense is the opposite. Not quite as many characters as Down Abbey. So I don't know if we could do a top 10 and a bottom 10, but we could definitely do five or six. Yeah. Like, we could really get into the nitty-gritty of these (laughs) characters. I mean, some of those characters are just mines also. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't think uh, France is going to crack the top or bottom of anything. No, the, the French. Unfortunately no. for them. Yeah. But that's this week on Us Talking Poldark. Thank you for listening all the way if you if you stuck around. Yeah. Dave, what else have you been watching? Uh, I've been catching up on my show. Succession was buck wild this week. Wildin'. Uh, one of the best episodes of TV in recent memory, far and away. Sh- shockingly, like, something they're playing with me. The whole time I was like, they're messing with me. Yeah. Incredible. And... I mean, I think we're going to have to talk about it a lot more on Patreon after this week, but Love is Blind, season four. How far are you, man? I think I'm on the... I Before we pushed, you know, record, yep. I was right at the beginning of Kwame's wedding. Oh, okay. So I'm yeah. right when the juice really starts to get there. To be honest, I don't know if I'm emotionally ready for this Sunday night where at eight o'clock we get the live reunion on the Volvo's blind. And then nine o'clock we get the new episode of succession. I don't know if I can take that. <laughs> That's a lot. Of and then is Barry right after and Barry's right after two episodes of Barry are right after That's a Sunday night That's of wild. TV right there. Peak TV is back. <laughs> yeah, Including, including love is blind. We're lumping that in there. 
this is I, I texted you last night, but this is a bounce back season. Season three was okay. This has got some characters. <laughs> yeah, I feel like season three was like a feeder for um, perfect match. Yeah, you know we needed to get Bartice in the in the system to get him into perfect match. But Agent this season we're we're back. Yeah, the, the, it is off the wall. The fact that people can just leave the season without having to do the whole going down the aisle thing and then potentially choose other partners is just like what. You can just do that? Yeah. It's, it's, it's wild. It is truly... The ring thing is... I, my jaw dropped just as wide as it did during Succession. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, no I lie. definitely think if you know us and you've listened to the show, we can and we will densely discuss Love is Blind behind behind the paywall. Yeah. If you what about you? You've been watching anything... That. Have you been watching anything different, Corey? Or, or? Oh, um, I finished Physical 100 on Netflix, which is a physical competition show. That was okay. But I need another uh, Korean show because I'm learning Korean, so I'm keeping that up. I started watching this one that was very popular last year. My mom was telling me about Extraordinary Attorney Wu, and it's about an autistic lawyer, and it's it's really good. Okay, better than The Good Doctor? It's hard to say if it <laughs> treats it quite as correctly as it should but i like it a lot i think you like it dave well no the good doctor i think that commercial is one of the most strange that's what the is there anyone here who's a doctor it's like i am but i'm autistic like oh okay yeah Yeah, i mean there there is a bit of that where where she has to kind of let people know she's autistic on the show but in in korea they it's called the odd uh attorney which is like no or the little the weird attorney it's like that's not the right word (laughs) <laughs> okay thank, yeah well, you know thank god they takes, translate cultures move at different speeds <laughs> yeah that's fair all right well you know where to find us in the interim we're on instagram we're on twitter we're mm-hmm. on facebook mm-hmm. you can email us at lordsgranthamandgmail.com as dave said we have a patreon you can subscribe to that and talk with us in the lords grantham lounge uh you can always leave a five-star rating review if you so choose on uh any platform you listen to us on you can find all our episodes on our Podbean. But until then, we'll see you next week on the Lord's Grant the Podcast. Yeah.